0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: What's up, kids? My name is Ray Rowe and welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast. I'm what you call a New England Patriots Super fan. And uh, I'm always looking for a way to talk about the sixth, six, I mean, six time Super Bowl champions. But I'll just chat about the Patriots. I discuss the entire National Football League. And no matter what time of the year it is, I'm always going to give you your football fix. We've got five stories that we're going to be covering today. The Packers are working on a short term deal to make Aaron Rodgers the highest paid player in the NFL. Stephen Jones is non-committal on Amari Cooper's future in Dallas saying, quote, it's too early to me to, for me to address that. We're going to look at Patriots draft prospect linebacker Devin Lloyd, Calvin Ridley to the Patriots, ESPN writer floats a potential trade. Well, and GM Jason Litch says the Buccaneers will, quote, leave the light on for Brady. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Head on over to DeanBlundell.com and see everything that I'm doing over there, as well as over a hundred podcasts and content creators from sports, news, politics, entertainment, and more. DeanBlundell.com has everything that you're looking for. Hey, and if you're a fan of the Deer Pass Nation podcast and you're looking for a place to get all of my content, head on over to rayroute.com. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. And you'll find my latest episodes of the Deer Passage podcast, plus my newest videos, blogs, merch store, and more. Go check out rayroute.com. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. And get all of my newest content all in one place. And guys, if you're looking for exclusive Deer Passage podcast, Dear Pat Station content, head on over to my Patreon page and become a Loyalty Club member for only $5 a month. Here's the perks for joining the Patreon page. You get live video versions of the Dear Pat Station podcast. For those of you watching the replay, guess what? Patreon, watching it live, 8.30-ish every night. You get direct access to me. Send me a message and I guarantee that I'll answer you. Your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Pat Station podcast. Plus, every Friday night, minus is this Friday, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can join the Patreon Hangout with me and all the Loyalty Club members. There may be a chance that Producer Mike hosts, I don't know, we'll have to see. But listen, for $5 a month, you get exclusive videos. You get your comments and questions answered, and you get to come to the Friday Hangout. So come check out the Patreon page at www.patreon.com. sports. And with all of that out of the way, it is time to get this show started. And as always, we're going to start with our Patreon questions before we get into our comments of the day. And for reasons beyond my belief, my Patreon questions are not appearing on my screen. I don't know why, but I have them right here. I don't know why they're gone. Maybe I accidentally deleted them. I'm not sure. But let's get into it. Alex says, do you think that football fans have gotten more passionate about their football teams or more annoying with websites like Twitter coming out? Sports and social media. What a great question. Thank you, Alex. Um, I think what it's done is, is it's given us all a voice that we didn't have before. I don't think it's passion. I th- Well, I think it's pride, right? Because I think one of the things that social media has created is this vacuum of negativity, uh, both for your team and against your team. When I first got on NFL Twitter, I would say that the majority of the Patriot fans that I interacted with were very positive Patriot fans. And the negativity that we experienced on Twitter came from other fan bases. It was us versus the Bills fans, us versus Chiefs fans. And I would say by the time the Chiefs rolled around, the the internal conflict already started. I don't know about other fan bases, but I'll say 2017 was a crucial year for social media and Patriots fans. Uh, or sorry, of 2018, so right after the Super Bowl 51 loss to the Eagles, and of course, the Seth Wickensham article comes out, talks about you know disgruntleness in the Patriots' locker room. And then you also had the, the conversations uh, with Tom Brady and him pleading the fifth about whether he felt appreciated with the Patriots. And that's when I saw a huge divide uh, amongst Patriots fans, and we started sort of internally fighting. Uh, you know it, it basically became you know team Balichek first team Brady I clearly engrossed myself on team Patriots which would have been I guess team Belichick I'm not sure and then of course just like the negativity and, and what's weird is is when I see like a Dallas Cowboys fan insulting the Patriots and then I see Patriots fans endorsing him because they agree with what he's saying, and it's some, some you know bad take on Belichick or some clickbait sort of thing. And yeah, no, I mean it's it's opened up this floodgate of negativity. Uh, we do it here on the show sometimes. We 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 talk, you know, we get negative on the Patriots. We try to stay as objective as possible. A little bit of homerism sometimes, maybe a little bit of too much, you know, pessimistic being a Patriots, you know, uh, being too much of a pessimistic Patriots fan. Uh, but I think that really when you break it all down, it's just there's a medium everywhere. And what I'd say is, is that you have different sort of fans on in, on different social media outlets and platforms. Um, if you want to get together with a bunch of angry white old people, you can go to Facebook and discuss the Patriots on there. I have stopped discussing sports on Facebook because I would just get outraged. Um, the reaction to Cam Newton was such a telling sign of of where the Facebook crowd is. And I know there's good people on Facebook, so I don't want to, you know, I hope you're not totally insulted. Uh, but then, you know, you got the Twitter crew, which I think is like 50% toxicity, 50% you know positive um and i also think when it comes to nfl twitter it's who you surround yourself with like i've met a lot of cool people from different fan bases that i've got to interact with i mean lawrence owen has been on here he's in our he's in a group chat we have a group chat called patriots fans and some guy and he's in that chat with us um you have you know loyalist and i connect on there i've uh, the brit chief and uh my other guy my other chief fan from the uk so i think we have a lot of those things uh the discord page i mean I don't go on our discord very often, but like when I do, I'm basically like I go in there, I insult somebody and I leave. And really, I mean, so when it comes to discord and there's a lot of toxicity in my discord, uh, a lot of fights, a lot of arguments, no unity whatsoever. And some of it's caused by some people and, and other people like to fan the flames. I like to go in and cause fires and then leave and let producer Mike deal with the fallout of all the people in there. Uh, one thing we don't do is ban people. People can have their opinions, but if you become a spammer and annoying, we're going to kick you out just because you're annoying people. So I think that when you break that all down, I think like that's, uh, it's the medium because you, there's so many outlets to get to the YouTube comments, the live chat, the, the discord, Facebook, Instagram, you, Ut- I mean, Mike was raging the other day cause he was fighting with somebody on Instagram. So there's just, there's so many different avenues. So I don't think it's passion. I just think having the outlet brings out every type of fan base, every type of person. Uh, I mean, my profile says that I'm a professional agitator. I like to go out there and just agitate people. I've been calling people Russian bots for the last day. Every time they have a, like a a, a take, I don't like, especially with major league baseball um, canceling games today. I mean, I've been, you know, just absolutely trolling baseball. And some of these old school baseball fans have been trying to like, in my face about it i'm like oh, you're just nothing but a russian bot and um you know uh not the time too soon maybe my wife is russian wife's about to turn them into the uh wants to turn her in so he doesn't get drafted so i mean you know it's it's all good inside joke you guys won't understand it thank you so much so for your comment alex that was a long-winded way for me of saying uh it's just toxicity uh, articular pack six says, how likely is it that the Patriots get Mac Jones, a true number one receiver this free agency period? You know, I've been thinking about this because I thought the only, because of the Patriots salary cap situation, I thought the only way that they would be able to sign a number one wide receiver would be, or to get one would be during the draft, like a Chris O'Leve or something like that. However, I've thought about it a little bit harder. And because this wide receiver group again is deep, like we're talking the deepness of 2019, like the DK Metcalfs and Debo Samuels and AJ Brown and everybody else who was drafted except for Nikhil Harry because of that. And we had a deep wide receiver class last year. If you remember outside of Nelson Aguilar, thanks Bill. uh, A lot of those players that were on the market, the Curtis Samuels and them of the world, they kind of took below market deals. They, sat out for a long time because they weren't getting the deals that they were looking for. They weren't getting the offers because people were like, Hey, we can get, we can get the equivalent of you in the draft and have them on a rookie deal. So the Patriots may be able to pull something off, especially if they do like a long five year deal where it's really low, a really low cap hit at the beginning and kind of steadily grows as it goes. Um, But if I was going to, like, if you were going to put a gun to my head and say make an answer right now, I would probably say I see the Patriots doing it in the draft. However, don't forget, I'm wrong more than I'm right. So... I mean, it's everybody's guess. I wish I covered a team where things were predictable, where you're like, oh, yeah, predictable move. We knew they were going to do this. Uh, when it comes to Belichick, I mean, we've been talking about wide receivers, cornerbacks, linebackers, uh, offensive linemen. I mean, he's probably going to take a kicker in the first round. Like, it's just you never know with Belichick, and it's so difficult to figure out what he's going to do. Uh, the Patriots have yet to clear any real cap space off their their team. So uh, they still got J.C. Jackson to re-sign, Jawan Williams to re-sign, James White, Jacoby Myers. I mean, there's a big, long list of players. Does Devin McCordy come back? And don't forget, whatever the Patriots do in free agency is completely going to affect how they do things in the draft because that's when, you know, it gets real, as they say. All right, thank you to Articulate Pack 6 and Alex for your questions here on the Patreon. Great question, Alex. I love that talking about thing. I'm sorry I couldn't pop it up on the screen. I uploaded it, and now it's gone, and I'm not sure what happened to it. But um, I had a great time uh with that question especially talking about social media it's um you know in my real life i you know i'm a social worker and, and sociologist uh i do a lot of sociology stuff and it's like you know so to sort of look at it from a scientific standpoint in a sort of research and analytical standpoint of social media and how sports fans react is, is kind of cool uh with that being said it's time to bring in producer mike michael how are you sir
2: i'm doing well how about yourself
1: I'm outraged or I'm going to change that word. I am uh, quite upset that major league baseball has canceled games. I've never seen a league or a general manager that is more tone deaf and more out of touch than major league baseball. I've asked them to retweet that many times today. They won't retweet it for me. Rob Manfred comes out, has the uh, gall to say, well, both sides need to be blamed for, for this. And I just, I don't have the stomach or the time uh, to deal with any of this.
2: Yeah, I I was kind of listening in on the uh, radio about this today. As you know, I'm not the biggest baseball fan or the biggest baseball watcher, but man, I thought somebody was going to come along and Robert Kraft this thing and kind of save it so they could get the season started on time and just, no, it sounds like they fell flat on their face, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it sucks. Okay. Why don't we talk some football though? Shall we? Sure. Let's do it. First story. I want to talk about the Packers working on a short term deal to make Aaron Rodgers the highest paid player in the NFL dude. Uh, you know what, you can have your say in a minute. Uh, And then coming up, we're going to talk about Amari Cooper. We're going to talk about a Patriots draft prospect. We're going to talk about Calvin Ridley to the Patriots. Again, I know we talked about it last week, but new stuff to talk about this week. So we got to talk about it. And then, of course, we're going to finish off with uh, the Buccaneers leaving the light on for Tom Brady, clickbait artist. Get your (laughs) articles ready. Now, I'm not normally a fan of caving to a player's demands. However, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers need to do whatever they can to get him on the field in 2022. Uh, Ultimately, it will be up to Aaron Rodgers what's going to happen. But I'm not opposed to the Packers making him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Alex Chippen of The Score wrote, The Green Bay Packers are negotiating a short-term deal for Aaron Rodgers that would make the reigning MVP the highest-paid player in the NFL if he returns in 2022, uh, reports Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Rodgers is scheduled to earn nearly $26.5 million in base salary next season, and though his cap number is over $46 million, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes currently owns the league's highest average annual salary of $45 million per season. Rodgers is expected to inform the Packers of his decision in the near future. Uh, while he's reportedly drawn significant trade interest, Green Bay has displayed no interest in moving them. Rodgers and the Packers are at, were at odds a year ago, but appeared to mend their relationship throughout the 2021 season. Now, we sent out a poll on Twitter today saying the Green Bay Packers are working on a short term deal to make Aaron Rodgers the highest paid player in the NFL. This definitely seems like a desperation move, but is it necessary? We gave two options. The first one saying, yes, they have to do it. The second saying, no, it's time to move on. I chose, yes, they have to do it. The Packers don't have a plan for after Aaron Rodgers. They think it's Jordan Love, but it's not Jordan Love. At this point, they need to tag Devontae Adams, do what they can to secure Rodgers, and make one last run because the future of the Packers isn't great. As for the NFL fan base, 54% disagreed with me and said, no, it's time to move on. And 46% said, yes, they have to do it. So let's bring in producer Mike. Michael, this definitely feels like a desperation move. Is it necessary? Do the Patriots have or do the Packers have to do what they
2: have to do to get Aaron Rodgers on the field in 2022? Um, Normally with most teams, I would disagree. I would say I don't want my quarterback holding me hostage. But listen, I think Green Bay is kind of at a loss here. They need Aaron Rodgers. It sounds like Jordan Love isn't, you know, ready to play at all um, from, you know, some of the speculation and rumors we've heard. But here's the other thing. Green Bay is a town that lives, breathes, eats football. And if the Packers aren't relevant, that town dies. So that town needs to be relevant for as long as possible. Um, and how do you do that? You secure Aaron Rodgers for another two years and, you know, hope you either see more out of Jordan Love to be comfortable or draft, draft the future. So, um, again, most situations I would tell him to take a hike at this point, but hopefully they can make the money work. He's kind of disputed that he wants, you know, the 50 million. So maybe it's something that matches Patrick Mahomes. You know, I I think most people would say, you know, that's peanuts after that point, but hey, again. Hopefully they can make it work for them.
1: No, yeah, it sounds like you and I are on the same page. I totally agree. I think most of the time, too, I'd be like, you're not going to win with a $50 million quarterback, but the Green Bay is not going to win with Jordan Love. They're not going to win without Devontae Adams. And I think the only way you get Devontae Adams is if you bring back Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I think the only way you bring back Aaron Rodgers is to get Devontae Adams and make it worth his while. Somebody yeah. on you know Twitter said to me today, like, I don't agree with you because... You know, it, it, no quarterback who's been made the most money in the league has ever won a Super Bowl. Like, what do you have to say to that? And I'm like, the Green Bay Packers don't have a chance to make the playoffs if Aaron Rodgers isn't on the field. So they have to do this. They have no choice. They're they're yeah. so close to a rebuild. Like they're so close to sucking for a few years that I think right now you just need to go all in.
2: Yeah, and they have a lot of talent that is going to need to get paid in about two years. So it's. You know, if you if you let if you let Rogers walk, you waste so much potential. You know, you're saying, well, we wouldn't keep keep him around for you know X more million dollars, and we threw away a chance at a Super Bowl. They can't, you can't take that risk anymore in the NFL. No, not right now. But
1: you can take a risk if Amari Cooper is making twenty million dollars. You can. uh, Let me let me do this story, then we'll get your opinion, Mikey. Yep. Now maybe I'm wrong. And maybe Dallas Cowboy fans will be quick to correct me, but in my opinion, Amari Cooper hasn't lived up to his contract in Dallas, and Jerry Jones is going to have to make some big decisions this offseason, and Cooper just seems like a prime-cut candidate. Now, Kevin Patar of NFL.com wrote, the Dallas Cowboys have a host of receivers set to hit free agency with Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, and Malik Turner, but with Amari Cooper garnering all of the attention. Cooper's $20 million salary will become fully guaranteed if he's still on the roster on March 20th. The Cowboys could clear $16 million in cap space by cutting or trading the star wideout before the deadline. Cooper and CeeDee Lamb uh, currently sit as the Cowboys' top two receivers under contract, with much of the core headed towards free agency. Dallas must decide if they'll ride out Cooper's big contract at least one more season or cut bait and try to fill the void elsewhere. We sent out a Twitter poll saying the Dallas Cowboys will have to pay Amari Cooper $20 million if he's still on the team March 20th. Michael Gallup is one of Dak Prescott's favorite wide receivers, and he set the hit free agency. Would the Cowboys be better off cutting Cooper and saving that $16 million this season? We gave two simple responses. Yes, cut him. No, don't cut him. I chose yes, cut him. Cooper is still an outstanding receiver, but it's not unfair to say that he hasn't quite lived up to his contract. The Cowboys are in a position that they're going to start hitting some serious cap issues, and cutting Cooper and re-signing Gallup could be the best move for the Dallas Cowboys. 55% of the voters agreed with me, saying yes, cut him, with 45 saying no. Obviously tight, but the majority saying it's time for the Cowboys to move on. Michael, what do you say? Do the Dallas Do the Dallas Cowboys keep that twenty million dollars, or they save that sixteen, bring back Michael Gallup at a cheaper deal, and maybe try to spend that money elsewhere?
2: Um, I I agree that it's time to part ways with him in this situation. Um, it, it was tough for me. Um, because Amari Cooper's been their most reliable guy for years. He's clearly elevated Dak, but listen, you have cd lamb who you used a high draft pick on cedric wilson looks to be a solid receiver and michael gallup you could probably get most of that production with a, a significantly uh lower price tag so um listen they're 21 million dollars over the cap um i think it's an easy cut bait just from a, a money perspective for them um they could restructure a bunch of money and probably make it work but listen even if you wanted to trade him and get a, get a lower pick, they they can you can find a receiver in this year's draft to get most of that production back. We saw it; he shrinks in the biggest moments. Stephon Gilmore made the kid cry a couple years ago, which for a guy who's getting paid, I think at that time it might have been like top five receiver money in the league. That's unacceptable to me.
1: Yeah, Dak Prescott or uh, Stephon Gilmore, I should say, was Dak Prescott's. Uh, best receiver that day, he had more catches than Amari Cooper off of Dak yeah. Prescott, which is uh sad, yeah. And it's not like the Dallas Cowboys don't know how to draft wide receivers, they've drafted great wide receivers over the year. They got CeeDee Lamb. I mean, could you yep. imagine if uh, Chris Oleve, which could fall to them, uh, you know, him and CeeDee Lamb together? I mean, that's a pretty deadly combination, and don't put it past. Jerry Jones, and I mean Jerry Jones, the last couple of years has killed it in the first round. Micah Parsons last year, CD yeah. Lamb the year before. I mean, they know how to draft, and that's it. Now, one yeah, team that's
2: that great, that's a great point.
1: One team that needs to look at the draft is the New England Patriots. A lot of debate about what they're gonna do with the draft. And one guy that I'm hearing a lot about is Devin Lloyd. So let me tell you guys a little bit more about Devin Lloyd, then we'll bring Mike back into the mix. The Patriots have four position players that are positions that have serious holes. The secondary, linebacker, offensive line, and wide receiver. With the NFL combine kicking off, we're going to be knee deep into mock drafts and prospects. And it's crucial that Bill Belichick gets the draft right again, especially the first round. Now, if I was going to take my best guess, I think that New England will go linebacker or cornerback in the first round. The Patriots just have to make sure they don't reach and take the best player available. Now we're going to look at what the draft network said about linebacker Devin Lloyd and their draft profile saying, quote, he has good athleticism, quickness, and agility. The passing game is an area in which he improved from 2020 to 2021. My initial assessment pegged him as a two-down linebacker. However, he's had some on-the-ball production, which has solidified his ability to remain on the field in sub-package situations. In the passing game, he can rush from inside or outside, and while he shows some stiffness in space, he can still get depth in the zone drops, come up, and take tackle underneath. He's also proven in 2021 that he can get home in the pass rush situations from various alignments. In the run game, he's a thumper who plays downhill and is physical. He was had a heavy run lane anchor and has good tackling efficiency in the box. He's a downhill player who's amongst the nation's leaders in tackles for loss. He uses his agility inside to defeat blockers and to find the football. He's been productive in the box when he can quickly diagnose the run. On third downs, he was proven that he can remain on the field on passing downs and projects as a productive special teams player if necessary. Now, we sent out a Twitter poll today saying a lot of Patriot fans have been banging the drum for the Patriots to draft linebacker Devin Lloyd. He can play three downs. However, he is most effective as a two-down linebacker. With that information at the surface, is it worth it for the Patriots using a first-round draft pick on Lloyd? We gave three options. Yes, draft him. No, better options. Three, draft a different position. I actually chose no. Other, There are better options. I don't think that Lloyd is the linebacker that the Patriots need. Though Lloyd can play all three downs, New England should be more interested in finding a bona fide three-down athletic linebacker. You have to build a defense to stop Josh Allen, and I don't see it with Devin Lloyd. of the voters disagreed with me saying, yes, draft him. While 26% said, no, there are better options. And 18% said, draft a different position. Now, Mike, this is probably one of the closest polls we've had over the Patriots drafts. We've done three of them now. This was the third. Uh, We did one about Chris Oleve. We did one about, um, was it Anthony, or who did we do yesterday? Anthony Jr. Anthony
2: Booth. Anthony Booth Jr. Anthony Booth
1: Jr. And I think they were like, 70% 70% on both said, yes, draft him yep. only 56% this time. Do you agree with my assessment that I think he's not the athletic linebacker we need, or maybe do you disagree?
2: Um, So it's funny. I went through a ton of draft profiles late into the night last night, and I think the Patriots could get good production out of some of these linebackers later in the draft. Listen, I would rather see the Patriots move up a couple of spaces at this point in the first round and secure a guy like Anthony Booth Jr. because they need the depth. And I wasn't originally on this train. And it's funny, I kind of, you know, for everybody who, you know, obviously doesn't see what I send Ray during the day, this led me down the path of writing like four pages of notes of, you know, things that the Patriots could do. And I think it's more important that they secure a cornerback or a wide receiver. And I'm just going to put it simply at that cornerback is more important. We went over the position yesterday, some of the prospects there. The Patriots can get linebackers elsewhere. Uh, And Bill Belichick has had better luck coaching up linebackers as, as opposed to cornerbacks.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And, and I think if you are going to take a linebacker, you've got to bring an athletic guy in. I mean, I know they say he can play three downs now, but I don't like guys who develop skill sets late in their career. And when um, look, let's face it. The Patriots need to be able to defend Josh Allen, Tua Tango Viola, and Zach right. Wilson, three mobile quarterbacks. And having the Hightowers and Juwan Bentleys as your middle linebacker isn't work. effective anymore and i love no. that everybody knows i love me high. he's my favorite patriot of all time but we don't need another two down linebacker like hightower that belichick makes into a three down linebacker because he had a little bit of off the ball capability
2: yeah i mean listen we've seen this the last couple of years where the patriots have kind of taken these guys and they end up being more specialty guys we need we need a guy who's athletic, who can be on the field all the time, who they can use as a spy on these mobile quarterbacks and keep them locked down to kind of make them I, not even one-dimensional. Going from you know three to two-dimensional would be good, good enough right now, and we're having trouble doing that.
1: Now you discussed the Patriots possibly drafting a wide receiver with the first round, but this Calvin Ridley thing keeps popping up more and more and more. And let me tell you about this trade that we heard about today. Yep. The Patriots need to get Mac Jones a number one receiver. Falcons' Calvin Ridley needs a change of scenery in the worst way. A trade that would give Atlanta a draft pick and a New England player who needs more playing time makes too much sense not to happen. Now, Justin Ledger of NBC Sports wrote this, quote, As promising as Mac Jones' rookie campaign was, the young quarterback could use a dependable number one wideout uh, as he looks to make a leap in year two. Finding a true number one option on the outside should be a focus for Bill Belichick and co. This offseason, the 2022 draft features some intriguing names, but Belichick hasn't had the greatest luck with drafting wideouts. One name that's been floated around recently as a trade option is Atlanta Falcons wideout Calvin Ridley. ESPN's Bill Barnell pitched a hypothetical Patriots trade for former Alabama star in his recent column. Quote, Ridley was a superstar during his last full season with Atlanta, averaging 2.5 yards per route run and 9.4 yards per target, Barnwell wrote. The 27-year-old has reportedly discussed a fresh start with the Falcons, who might need to use him to help rebuild their defense. There's an obvious fit between these two teams. A second-round pick and a little-used edge rusher, Chase Winovich, should be enough to get Ridley to New England, end quote. Now, of course, we sent out a poll on Twitter saying we've heard a lot of people linking the Patriots to the Falcons, or the Patriots to Falcons' Calvin Ridley. Bill Barnell of ESPN has proposed that the Patriots send a second-round pick and Chase Winovich to the Falcons for Ridley. Does this trade work for both teams? We gave four options. Works for both. Doesn't work for New England. Doesn't work for Atlanta. Doesn't work for either. I voted for it. Works for both. This trade makes absolute sense. Both Ridley and Winovich need a change of scenery. Giving up a first-round pick is a bit of a risky move for the Patriots, but a second in Winovich is good for both teams, and Atlanta gets good compensation, and New England gets their wide receiver one. 79% of voters agreed with me, saying it works for both. Doesn't work for New England, came at 11%. Doesn't work for Atlanta, came at 5%, and doesn't work for either, came in at 5%. So not surprised by this. I was actually surprised that it didn't get into the 80s, 85% that it was actually held below. But Mike, a second-round pick and Chase Winovich for Calvin Ridley, what says you?
2: Yeah, listen, on paper, this works great. Um, I think you could amend it a little bit on both ends, you know, if the Falcons wanted a little more, you know, here and there. Like, personally, I would love to see if they were interested in Nikhil Harry as a wide receiver replacement. Um, uh, and I think we all know, know why, like you're talking about a, a wide receiver that needs a fresh start. They may just need a body there. Um, he's not going to be expensive for them. And if we could get another fifth round pick out of it in my, you know, the scenario I'm thinking of that's a fifth round pick that Belichick could use on a punter or a kicker that we desperately need. So. Maybe
1: we could send them uh, Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer for Matt Ryan as well. I mean, that'd be a pretty good trade-off. But young, I mean, a young
2: Matt Ryan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you think the but, Chiefs uh, would accept Hoyer for Mahomes straight up?
2: Probably. <laughs> um, and I would love to ship them Isaiah Wynn too. Okay, uh, yeah, that's a joke. Uh,
1: I, I don't think that the Patriots are in a position to make the Atlanta Falcons take a dump player. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, like, there's, like, Jared Stidham was a dump player for the Rams that's why they got two first round pick that's why they gave up two first round picks to Detroit uh they only Jared Detroit Goff, only
2: Jared.
1: or Jared Goff I mean what did I say Stidham. sorry Jared Goff um Detroit only wanted one when they're like hey you got to take Jared Goff they're like all right we want two then like because yeah. we're stuck with that contract we're stuck with Jared Goff
2: yeah the the only reason I think that works is I don't I, I I'm hesitant to say this because obviously I would take the trade in a minute but because of Calvin Ridley's recent mental health issues i would be leaning more towards a conditional second round pick just because if something happened or a future second round pick for the patriots i don't think just, the, i don't
1: i think the patriots would
2: lose out if they did that though i think yes, the team out there willing right, to give up a second right so that's that's why i say i wouldn't i wouldn't Necessarily view Nikhil as a dump. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe a fifth round is too generous. I would just like some small amount of compensation to come up because I know Belichick is looking again to draft a special teamer that no one else is really going to care about. It's like a seventh them, rounder
1: or sixth yeah, rounder. Yeah, give,
2: give them like a sixth or a seventh rounder for Nikhil, who again needs a fresh start. Listen, he's going to cost you a million bucks, which you're not going to get a wide receiver cheaper than that anyway maybe they they just take a flyer on them that's kind of i don't know I'd play, I'd play for
1: 200 i'd pay for two i i'll probably be as effective as Nikhil harry so can you catch with your face uh i can catch with my face yeah i'll field punch with my face if that's what they're looking for <laughs> uh speaking of trying to catch with your face i mean who's going to be catching with their face in tampa this year and who the hell is going to be their quarterback because i'm going to tell you like i read today what tampa has in mind and it just absolutely blew my mind and i can't wait to get your reaction to it yeah it's crazy it's crazy let let me get it out so in one instagram post the tampa bay buccaneers went from super bowl contenders to a team in a lot of flux the bucks are hoping that tom brady comes out of retirement or they can swing a big trade regardless no team is in more of a precarious position than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jack Brown of The Score wrote, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will welcome back Tom Brady with open arms if the quarterback opts to reserve his retirement this offseason. Tampa Bay is reportedly willing to do whatever necessary to facilitate Brady's comeback. Brady said in mid-February that he would never say never about playing again, fueling speculation that he could return for a 23rd NFL season. Litch also seemed to suggest that the Bucs aren't convinced that Brady will stay retired. The NFC South Club is reportedly eyeing a potential blockbuster trade for the Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson and Seattle Seahawks signal caller Russell Wilson. Of course, we sent out a Twitter poll today saying the Buccaneers aren't convinced that Tom Brady is going to stay retired. Tampa Bay is also linked to wanting to make a big trade for either Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. The Buccaneers can either go all in or start a rebuild. Who will be the Bucs quarterback in 2022? We gave four options. Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, or somebody else. I chose somebody else. People want Brady to come out of retirement so badly, but I'm one of those people who believe he'll stay retired. As for Wilson and Watson, I can, can't discount the possibility. The Bucks were very close to having to rebuild, so... Going all in this season makes sense, but it's a long shot. Here's what the people said. 47% of the voters said that it'll be somebody else. 26% said Deshaun Watson. 17% said Russell Wilson. And coming dead last at 10% was Tom Brady. Mike, before I get your opinion, did you hear everything I said? Because I was watching my little Wi-Fi thing saying I was out of juice. You could hear everything? Yeah, you were good. Perfect. Okay.
2: So Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, or somebody else. This is tough, man. Listen, I I don't think it's going to be Tom Brady. The guy's going to stay retired for at least a year. Like he may, he may come back. I, I, I understand it, but he's going to stay retired for at least a season. Otherwise he looks kind of, kind of silly. Um, Watson I've said before in the past, I think he's a toxic asset. I don't think you can touch him. Um, and, and listen, I don't know if the Bucks could necessarily make, make that work. Who knows? Um, Russell Wilson is intriguing because he is reportedly looking for a change of scenery. So, and they still have a lot of firepower there. Their defense still has most of its pieces. Um, you know, they just have one of their guards retire, but the line is still pretty good, which is something, uh, Russell Wilson really hasn't had in, in his entire career. So, um. I think Russell Wilson is the most interesting prospect and uh, probably Jimmy Garoppolo after that because I don't think the Bucs would have to give up much to get him and I think he he could manage them there again and it, it would be a, a, a hilarious scenario for Jimmy Garoppolo to just follow Tom Brady.
1: And win a Super Bowl. That would be even better. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're in such a weird position because if if they what do you do with Chris Godwin if, if you don't know what's going to happen with quarterback pre-free agency, right? Like there's so many questions that Bucks fans and the Bucks have to have all right mike we're gonna finish off with a brand new segment i didn't even tell you about (laughs) sounds good throughout the day i just screenshotted random tweets oh boy and i'm gonna read them to you i'm gonna put them up i'm gonna read them to you all right and i don't want you to go into a big long mic thing i want you to pretend you're responding on twitter so it's like you know 172 characters whatever it is but i just want you to respond to the tweets that i put out there okay sure yep Fantasy Sports Factory says where will Juju
2: Smith-Schuster play in 2022? Kansas City. Kansas City, he'd fit in great. I don't think it would cost them much uh kind of rehab his career and give him a give him a chance at a Super Bowl. I think Kansas City perfect place for him. So I said return to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe that he'll have a more productive
1: season without Ben Roethlisberger because Ben liked to play hero ball and toss it down the field. With That's a new quarterback, they need stability. If it, him and Mason Rudolph had a great connection when Rudolph was their starting quarterback a couple years ago, I believe it'll be I, don't think, I believe it'll be Pittsburgh. All right, Dov Kleiman wrote out this. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are examples of why you shouldn't pay Kyler Murray early. Josh Allen is an example of why you should pay Murray early because he might take his play to another level if you don't. Dak is an example of why waiting to pay ends up costing you a lot more.
2: How oh How do you want me to respond to this? Just each what, one. What would be your no? What would be your
1: response on Twitter to that?
2: I, I you were quote tweeting I I completely agree with that. I think that I think that's a great way to put things. I mean, this is how people need to. I think you need, and this is the pessimist version of me. Is you almost need to look at the worst of every scenario, and for me, Kyler Murray is the has a bunch of risk factors that outweigh or at least even out his benefits and he seemed to have shrunk this year when they needed him the most so
1: yeah really weird for me to agree with Dov Kleiman. I don't like it yeah um and yeah it just it, he nailed it on the head I mean every reason to and not to do it I mean it's I said the 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 only team in a more precarious position than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Are the Arizona Cardinals right now? Yeah, this
2: is... No, you can't respond.
1: I get last word. Okay, okay. This is Twitter. I hate you. You're a Russian bot. No. Okay, (laughs) two more. Two more. Bruce Arian says he'd be surprised if Tom Brady decided to return. So why uh, why hasn't Brady slammed the door shut? Quote, I think a lot of these guys now, he likes to have his name out there.
2: Uh, yeah i i completely agree i think tom brady's just trying to keep his name out there stay relevant wait for his uh biopic to come out and maximize its value and he still may return if the opportunity pre- presents itself i'm sure he's going to keep himself in shape dr- drinking his avocado smoothies so If it wasn't for Tom
1: Brady, Bruce Arians would never be remembered by the National Football League for anything. No fan would look back and say, Bruce Arians, coach. Tom Brady made him relevant. Tom Brady took over the offense. Tom Brady made Bruce Arians a somebody, and he's going to become a nobody in short concession. Even, I'm going to predict it right now, even if they get a Russell Wilson because he's going to treat him like Jameis Winston. Look what happened to Jameis before he got hurt when he had a real coach coaching him.
2: Yeah, it's it's true. It's it's absolutely true. They treat he treated Jameis Winston like garbage. All right, final one. You ready? Yep. I remind you that I get final word.
1: Sorry. This is good. <laughs> DM me if you want a boyfriend. <laughs> I'll do anything. Hashtag Findom. hashtag
2: paypig. Um uh, I mean This was clearly sent directly to you. So I'm just going to say Ray gets tweets like these all the time. Um, I don't see these. Thank goodness. Uh, I am not the producer of that, that side of the content. He is responsible for his OnlyFans. I will start
1: with this. It's not my response to this, but I will start with, I follow a lot of messed up people just for this show, just so everybody knows. Okay. My response to that tweet is number one, ladies interested dm them number two that's gotta be mike n's burner account we know it's mike's burner account they even kind of looked alike it was good mikey thanks buddy mike waved for you those of you on the podcast those of you watching live or the video version you saw it that's just about it for the dear past nation podcast. Thanks for everybody who tuned in today. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Ray route web. Stay up to date with all our new content, answer our polls. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Make sure you follow uh, producer, Mike at MN underscore off topic. He's looking for a girlfriend. Um, if you are looking for a boyfriend, so just shoot him a DM uh, hashtag findom, hashtag pay pig. And uh, if we could, if we could just add producer mike at an mn underscore off topic and just at him with the hashtag paypig for the next couple of days i would uh, greatly greatly appreciate that thank you michael uh, guys don't forget I'm a member of the Dean Blundell podcast network head on over to DeanBlundell.com and see everything that I'm doing over there uh, as well as over a hundred podcasting and content creators from sports, news, politics entertainment and more DeanBlundell.com has everything that you're looking for if you're a fan of the Dear Pass Nation podcast and you're looking for a place to get all of my content head on over to RayRoute.com that's R-A-Y R-A-U-T-H dot com you'll find all my latest episodes of the Dear Pass Nation podcast plus my newest videos, blogs merch store and more go check out RayRoute.com that's R-A-Y dot and get all of my newest free content all in one place. And of course, if you're looking for that exclusive deer passage upon kit, can- that dear past nation content. Head on over to my Patreon page and become a loyalty club member for only five dollars a month. It's the easiest way to support me. Here's a perk for joining the Patreon page: you get the live video version of the Dear Past Nation podcast. You get direct access to me. Send me messages, and I guarantee that I'll answer you. Your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Past Nation podcast. Plus, every Friday night at seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can join the Patreon hangout with me and all of the loyalty club members. So, for five bucks a month, to get exclusive videos. You get your comments and questions answered, and you get the Friday Hangout. So come check out the Patreon page at www.patreon.com DPN Sports. Prayers to the people of the Ukraine. Prayers to the citizens of Russia. Vladimir P- Putin can go F himself. Guys, don't forget, no matter where you are, because we have listeners from all over the world. We are thinking about you. We love you. We are praying for you, whether you're in conflict or not. I'm praying for you. I shouldn't talk for others. I'm praying for you. We love you. Never forget, no matter who you are, no matter what's going on in your life, and no matter where you are, you're legit, kid.
0: Do, did,